Hey everyone, welcome to Side Note Studio, a place where we spend time talking about certain topics and ideas that you might have some questions about. Around here, we're all about following Jesus with our whole lives, but sometimes we get stuck or we just want to know more. This is the spot where we'll dig a little deeper and hopefully all learn together so that we can grow in our relationship with God and others. My name is Brent Thomas. I am the student discipleship pastor at Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. And this is the first season, first ever episode of Side Note Studio. And we're going to kick it off with a series called Awkward Questions. One of the most complicated areas of our lives can be found in romantic and everything in between. I know especially in the years of middle school and high school, you can be bombarded with opinions and explanations for why you have certain desires and what you should do with them. And so we're gonna take the next few weeks to tackle some common questions that come out in this area. And it, it might get a little awkward, but it's gonna help us grow in our relationship with God and walk closely with Him. Side note, you can watch a couple of teachings I shared with our Gospel City students last month around this very topic. You can check it out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash gospelcitystudents. But today I want to share with you a conversation I had with my friend Lyndon Escuna. I'll let him introduce himself, but we tackle this awkward question. Is pornography bad? Now, whether you already think it is or isn't, I'd encourage you to lean in to the next few minutes as we have this dialogue together of all the effects of pornography. And we take some side notes talking about the science behind what happens in your brain with pornography. Is masturbation wrong as well? And what do I do if I'm already in pornography? And so I really hope today encourages you as we have this conversation around a little bit of an awkward question. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Lyndon. All right. Well, hey, Lyndon, thanks so much for joining me on this call today. I know uh, we've had some conversations about this in uh, just recent weeks. And so I'm excited just to hear again from your heart and uh, around this topic of um, sexual purity, specifically when we talk about things like pornography and devastating effects that it can have. So, But I'd love for everybody just to kind of know um, who you are, uh, a little bit about your journey, and and why you think this is an important topic to talk about for teenagers in this day and age. Hi, Brad. Good to be here. Good to be with your people. Love Gospel City. Lots of friends there. Lots of people I know. Um, name is Lyndon Escuna. I'm the executive director at Life Plan. Um, been married for 30 years. Uh, we have six kids four girls and two boys at the end, uh, age span uh, 26 to 11. I think I got that right, 26 to 11. One of them is married already, uh, no, no grandchildren yet. Um, been in ministry for about 36 years, nonprofit for 30 years. Love, I've been in lots of youth ministry, inner city work, ethnic groups, um, prison ministry, fathering ministry just have the heart for children and the next generation kind of thing. So I love what you're doing and glad to be a part of this. Um, anything to help the next generation walk with Christ. So when, when you think of uh, kind of your background, so with life plan, um, why, why is this topic so vital 
at, around this this age. Um, when I think of you know growing up, there was a maybe an idea that well you know being uh, having the need for like a pregnancy care center or anything that has to do with like sex or whatever like that's going to come later in life. Um, but I think we're seeing that now in this generation, it's it's more than ever at a younger age. So maybe in your context, like, why do you think this is so important for teenagers to get a hold of right now? I know I know the topic is on porn and pregnancy, our pregnancy care center where we help people that have unplanned pregnancy. We're much more than that. We even realized since I've been here, we thought deeply about the root of why we have unplanned pregnancies. And, um, you know, it's broken relationship. It's, it's marriage or relationship that are not grounded on scripture, obviously. Um, and so, and, and if you go even deeper than that, it can lead to sexual dysfunctions and which is, one of them is pornography. And pornography is, is the real epidemic to be honest with you, Brad, and to your people. We talk about COVID today, but the real epidemic is pornography in our world. And to just give you kind of an understanding of that, um, pornography affects the individual, it affects family and family members, and it, it affects our society, and it affects the world. And hopefully through our talk, we can realize that more. Um, you know, just to give you an idea and, and the effects of pornography, um, if you uh, add up all the revenue of my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use some things that your kids understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, eBay, Yahoo, Apple, and Netflix combined, combined annual income. Pornography industry is more than all of those combined. Wow. And even more than that, uh, your kids know the NFL, the NBA, the Major League Baseball. Pornography is much more than all those industries combined annually. You even look at ABC, NBS, CBS, all those uh, uh, shows at night. Um, the porn industry is million billions and do dollars more. In fact, according to some stat in 2006, I don't even know, recent $97 billion annually. Wow. Um, that's just to give you an idea and another idea that's money's worth. How about this? Um, just one pornography site, one, just one. And there are thousands and thousands of them, thousands and thousands. But just one pornography site, the viewing equivalent of that one pornography site for one year is this. It is 525,000 years. Yes. 5,246 centuries. That's how much one site had its viewing equivalent. And they say um, uh, there's a spending of 3,000 every second on pornography, 20, 28,000 plus viewing every second. 
Um, there's one video being made every 39 minutes in our world. And I'm telling you the target age that they have is seven to 11. And the average age, depending on you, who you ask is between eight and 11 years old viewing. This is the real epidemic in our society. We're not even talking about the danger yet. This is just yeah. giving you the impact. Yeah, the impact of it. That's okay. So when I think about that, when I, it's mind blowing, it's, it's kind of staggering. It's hard to even wrap your brain around. But it's, it's obvious that it's, like you said, an epidemic, that there's something major happening here in this industry. And so, you know, maybe a question, because there's probably two groups of people that I can think of even within our context here at Gospel City Students, but then in people I've talked to throughout my life, there's kind of these two camps. There's people who have experienced pornography and have maybe struggled with it, have dabbled in it or are addicted to it. And then there's uh, there's another group of people who just find it repulsive and disgusting, and would could never imagine themselves like logging on it and watching something like that. And not even outside of like like gender of like uh, girls versus guys, I, I have found that to be true in both camps. And so when we hear those numbers, you know, I, I don't want to exclude like, hey, this isn't for the people who who find it repulsive. Like we need to be made aware of this. We need to know that it's happening because it's not just the like hardcore pornography websites with the videos, it's a porn culture that's affecting yeah. all of our media. And so, but what I, what I wanna help that one camp kind of get to and understand is why is porn so like attractive to people? Why is that much money being spent? Why do we struggle with it? Are we, do we tend toward it? Do you have any insight on that that you can yes, share with us, yes, Linda? Yes, and, and you can go complex or you can go simple. And I'm going to go simple for your people uh, today. Uh, so why is porn so addictive? Why is porn so addictive? And I love, you can go online. There's some organizations that are uh, anti-porn. And one of the best ones on information, and I love their organization name because it really hammers the point of what this is. It's called Fight the New Drug. That's the name of the organization, Fight the New Drug. And it's really the best way to understand porn because porn is like an addiction. It's like an addiction. And let's think about for a second, we've seen a lot of movie shows and a lot of, uh, you know, we've seen movie shows, even maybe some people in, in that we know that they're on drugs. And what are the things that we, we would use to describe them? Here are some words I wanna use. They're, they're tolerant about things because they're so addicted to something. Obviously, they're addicted. They're out of control. They're very compulsive. Sometimes they withdraw now. So signs of addicted, addicted person. So what happens is this. Um, I, I use this illustration. Uh, our brains are like uh, plastic. It can be moldable. It can be moldable, okay? So... When we, when people view, when we view porn, what happens is there is dopamine that's being released. Dopamine is, we use dopamine for everything, like eating. I like this food, dopamine is gonna, I like this burger, dopamine is gonna be released. And guess what? I'm gonna go back to get that burger or seafood. We were just talking about this, pizza. You know, uh, what you like, dopamine releases. Some people get dopamine by jumping in an airplane, okay? Whatever, the dopamine is part of life. In fact, in business, 
in, in everyday thing, your checklist, I don't know if you know this, when you do your tech 10 checklist, dopamine is released and you feel good, that feeling happens when you watch porn, okay? So when you watch porn, it's, it's released and you want that, you want more, and then you get more, and then you want that sensation again. And the brain goes in one way, but if you have enough of something, it starts to shape that way. They call it neural pathways that's being created. There's, there's healthy neural pathways, but there's also, as you start getting into porn, there's negative. And it is a loop. If you like it, it's release. And then you get more, it's release. You want more. And that's when the addiction starts. And that's when new neuro neurons are being formed, new pathways. And then you get addicted and you can't get enough. Yeah. You really can't get enough. So much so that you steal, you do everything. You lose control. You're compulsive. You can't stop. And the danger is, that's why they even say that there's no such thing as just regular porn. If you continue, it becomes hardcore. That's why they have uh, child pornography. That's how degrading this thing is because it's never satisfied. You want more. That loop continues. That addiction continues. And there's a new, a new pathway. Now, a positive thing is if you do stop, you can create new pathways, yeah. okay? Rewire your brain to go a certain way. That in a summary is kind of a way to understand why porn is so addicting. Yeah. It releases dopamine and the, 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 the cycle continues and you want more and more and more until you can't have anything unless you have that. Yeah, that's really helpful and it's, it's it's scary to some degree because because it it can feel a little bit like oh man now not only is there like an emotional like attachment to where uh, maybe I I went to pornography in the first place because of something that happened to me or whatever or I was exposed to it but now like in a science scientific way there is a battle that's going on as well that we have to fight so it's it's coming at us from all fronts um, and so you know. The, those are some of the danger, dangers. I love to like talk about. Okay, so that's that's what can happen in your brain, right? So what what other dangers? What other things uh, are effects uh, or kind of factors that happen? Consequences, if you will, uh, of pornography. This is this is the scariest part, and um, I just want to say this at the beginning. Uh, I'll even say this at the end. One of the most important thing that's uh, that's if you're you're just beginning to get into porn or people are getting begin to is to understand its impact because sometimes just like any drug we don't understand its impact but it has tremendous impact and this is i think this is one of those important points in this talk the impact is this i'm going to start very simple i'm going to start with you your family society in our world okay even society and world will put together let's start with you okay um, um, this is the scary part. Um, it obviously rewires your brain. You become an, an addict. That's why fight the new drug. Remember that organ fight. It's a drug. It'll rewire your brain. It will rewire your behavior because obviously you want more of this. So you go whatever it takes to get this. 
even at the expense of family. So it, it begins to destroy you as a person because you are uh, transforming. Um, and let's, let's go a little bit deeper, this uh, transforms your brain, but also it destroys all of your relationship. Let me start with the single person first, okay? Um, here's the danger, and I love this illustration. Uh, somebody gave me this illustration. Let's pretend uh, it'll destroy, as a single person, of course, everyone is looking forward to that marriage, right? Um, this is that this is what will this is how it will destroy your marriage. Let's pretend you're an athlete and somebody's asked you, okay, in six years you're gonna be uh, in a championship, and I want you to prepare now to in this sport so you become a champion or playing in this sport uh, in six years. So right now you're um, preparing for this sport, and they say, let's say it's golf. Okay, you're gonna be golfing. You're gonna be practicing golf every day. And you're going to get training on golf. You're going to learn more about golf. You get all this golf skill. You do this golf thing for the next six years, training, preparing to play golf. The day comes when the game is starting. And when you go to the game, all of a sudden, the game is football. Somebody did a switch on you. So in other words, if you learn as a teenager that sex is the marriage in sex is like this, is like porn. All of a sudden you view it, you learn it. And then all of a sudden the day of your marriage, your honeymoon and sex in, with your wife isn't the sport that you practiced in. And you and your wife will be devastated. They also say that eventually if you get into porn and you're really addicted to it, you become impotent. Wow. Impotent. So I just want to, I, I, for the individual, this is what, and I wanted to use this illustration too. I wanted to use this illustration. This is what porn does to you as an individual. I just want you to know it messes you up individually. And I, I only, I'm only saying right now this, but here's the other effects. Marriage. Well, if you're married and you're into porn, imagine your wife um, or your partner, your wife will, will never uh, live up to the expectation that the porn image has. Yeah. And it will mess her up or him up in his self-esteem and so forth. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say this. What does it do to, to uh, families? And I wanna use this image. I always like to use image. It's like taking dynamite and throwing it in the middle of your family. Body limbs goes all over the place yeah. because they cannot, no one can ever live up to porn. No one can ever live up to porn. So it destroys your wife. It's, a, it's, it's destroys, imagine if your children under, think that this is what a, a relationship is supposed to be. When, when people are become objects instead of um, people to treasure, that's why it's so destructive to family. There are many stats, uh, families, uh, I, I, I think 300% that if you, there's a, a couple are in, 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 in a marriage, with, with pornography, it destroys the self-esteem. Um, anyway, society, 
It degrades your uh, people to uh, women to become objects. Porn leads to violence. Not only that, if you know sex trafficking, it's like the drug to self to sex trafficking. It leads to stop sex trafficking, sex slavery, sex trafficking. Um, the porn industry is even getting worse in, in its, its extremeness because child pornography and all that. So imagine this, imagine this, if you're a judge at a, at a, a, a jury in, in, a, in a court and someone is um, uh, uh, accused of um, abusive to their wife, and you view women as objects, your judgment would all would be altered. Your judgment would be false in, 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 its, in its way of approaching. In other words, your, your judgment call are blurry. You would think right is wrong and wrong is right. So you see how the impact of our society and, and it's sad because, you know, um, if you can just look at the media, sports industry, all that, women have to dress a certain way to be, to be accepted kind of thing. It's that, it's that pornograph, uh, uh, they say pornified culture. We live in a pornified culture. So the, the impact is devastating. And if you think about the money that's being spent, you think about the time that's being spent, people are really enslaved to pornography. And, and so time, money, relationships, and self. It's crazy. One of, the, one of the things you said that kind of stood out to me was the thought of, um, you know, I think people might think, well, it's not harming anybody else because it's just me, right? Um, but there's all, you know, like, less, less we get so caught up and think, be so arrogant as to think like we're, we're our own little universe and the sun revolves around us. We have to understand that these are affecting different things. And I think of, you know, uh, the teenagers who are listening or watching this and, and um, you know, maybe are in a relationship with a guy or a girl, a dating relationship or, you know, engaged to married, any of that. It's just them. And, and, but your, your choices are affecting your family, like your, whether your parents are in the picture, your siblings, you have a group of friends, um, you know, and, and that kind of pathway down to where you're now isolating yourself, you're making choices like to go and view pornography rather than do these other things. And then as followers of Christ, we have to understand like, um, if, if we're viewing pornography, God is nowhere near that yeah. picture. Yeah. And so, when, when we come to church or we're trying to build a relationship, but we have this thing, there's a, a major, major roadblock to developing our relationship with others, but most importantly with the Lord. And, um, and sometimes we get caught in this lie, and I think the enemy uses it to his advantage to kind of say, this is an innocent little thing. It's not a big deal. You're not hurting anybody else. You're not actually having sex or whatever. Um, and then even above and beyond that, you think that there's on the other side of that screen, those are people that were created yes. in God's image yes. that, yes. you know, yes. and, and we have turned them into an object, a, something, a resource for our own pleasure, not caring how degraded they are or, or any of that. And so I, I just think as you were talking, it just, it, it is, it, we got to kind of move ourselves past just ourselves, start to think yeah. about others yeah. and even society as a whole. 
I want to just read this. Uh, Tim Chester uh, gave 12 reasons why to give up form. And it's just a summary of everything that you and I have been talking about. Porn wrecks our view of sex. Porn wrecks our view of women. Porn wrecks women's view of themselves. Porn industry abuses women. Porn is sin against your wife. Porn wrecks families. Porn is enslaving. Porn erodes your character. Porn wastes your time, energy, and money. Porn wrecks your relationship with God. Porn wrecks your service. God's wrath is against people who use porn. So um, we've given some compelling things as to why uh, porn is not, you know, a good avenue for any part of our life and, you know, all of that. And, and I want to close in just a minute by talking about, you know, OK, so what do I do if I, I'm stuck in porn or if I if I viewed porn? Like, what, what do I do now? But there, there is this one time. So we're, this series is called Awkward Questions. And so I want to I want to give this to you, Lyndon, as a, as a man of God, um, a pastor's heart, a shepherd of, of God's people. Um, sometimes we can we can start to, like, parse down um, our, our desires to a point of saying, well, is there a line that gets crossed? So we, we can understand that pornography will, will almost always lead to masturbation, right? The, the, the idea of like, well, I'm going to act this out. I'm going to feel the dopamine hit for me and, and all of that. And over the, over the course of time, I've, I've heard this question asked of like, well, can, is masturbation then wrong if pornography is not involved? And uh, I remember uh, as a as a teenager going through the throes of puberty, and I remember one time my dad saying to me, "Well, if you if you can't, <laughs> he's like, if if you don't lust, you can masturbate." And and being <laughs> and being and being in my teenage mind thinking, "Oh, so there is a right answer, right?" And uh, there's a there's a loophole somewhere. And but I just want to speak to that, you know, like to to the idea of like, is there is there ever a right time for for that or whatever? Or what what are the, some of the effects that that can have on us? And what would be your recommendation to someone who's struggling? It's like, well, if I quit pornography, can I still do this? Or can I have this without the porn or whatever? Okay. Now, I will say this is a very controversial topic because yeah. there's both sides. You can get both sides. But I want to sure. – I just want to say something here. Um, I don't think the question is um, – is masturbation a sin? I don't think that's the question. I think we need to get behind the behind that. And what is the purpose of sex? Yeah. What is the purpose of sex? Sex purpose, uh, sex purpose is for the gratification of the other partner. Yeah. And that's the that's the, the body and the church, love one another, submit and all that. So I believe sex is for the other person and anything that I use in the context of sex for self gratification, I think that's wrong. Yeah. So if your masturbation is for yourself, I believe you need to stop. Yeah. I believe you need to think about it in the context of what is this for? And uh, this is for the context of marriage. Yeah. And so um, 
you need to, I, I would say that, I, I, you know, it's, it's a very complex and you need to let the Holy Spirit speak to you on this context, let the word of God speak to you, read up on it. But just, I use that simple analogy that we don't want, we don't want, uh, I don't want this either. I don't want um, one side always going to be, I feel guilty because I'm, I'm masturbating. I, I, I don't want them to, that's extreme. And I don't want to go always, you can, you can only use this in the context of, of, of marriage. But no, sex, ma sex, and, uh, sex is for the context of the other person. Yeah. And anything that I use for self-gratification, I believe is wrong. So um, that's really that's good. I was I was hoping you'd go there because it, it does. It, I felt a little bit like a lawyer, like I'm trying to ask the question without like leading the witness a little bit, because yeah. that's it. Like sometimes I think we get so stuck and we start asking the wrong questions, the wrong questions. because we're trying to gratify a deeper desire. Yes. And yeah, and so thank you for that wisdom because that's super helpful. I think when we start to remove um, what sex uh, is and start to just go to the science of like, well, here's what it feels like and here's the benefits of this. And I. That's why Christ died for us not to live for ourselves, but to live for others. That's it, man. So good. Um, so, uh, okay. So a couple practical things, maybe let's say um, there's somebody listening right now who's like, I, I want that. I mean, I want that freedom. I want to live in a way that's serving other people. I want to be free from this, but I'm just so trapped or it just keeps coming up. Like I, I'll have months of victory and then I'll slip up and I just feel like stuck again and I have to like climb my way out. What are some things you would offer, Lyndon, to yeah. say like, here's yeah. what you should do? This is my favorite part here. This yeah. Because I want to encourage, I want to encourage um, your people. I want to encourage yeah. your people. And, and um, I know, like I said, this is an epidemic and people, Christian, non-Christian fall on this epidemic, they fall. You saw the stats, you know how real, real this epidemic is. Yeah. And I want you to experience the grace of God. For you who are struggling in this, this is what I have to say to you. I'm sure many of your uh, listeners have been to our local Hobby Lobby uh, store. And Hobby Lobby has this plaque, it says, it says, and I know you've seen this, you've probably seen it in people's houses and all that. 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens as to the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts are than. I'm sure they've seen that. We've seen that in the Christian yeah. community. That's very popular in the Christian community. And I yeah. want to say this. I want to change that context of what that verse is saying. Not because I'm saying it, but because it's the real context. <laughs> it's about, we think this is about God's ways can change. And like, instead of going on this plane, I got derailed and it crashed, or I didn't get this parking lot, or I got this parking lot. We think that, yes, God can do all that in his sovereign hand. He can move in anything he wants. He owns the whole universe. But this is not that context. The context here is of Isaiah is God's people walking away from him, worshiping other idols. And, 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 and God is, and is calling them. They've been enslaved. God is calling them back. Starting in Isaiah 40, God starts to call them back. And he says, I will redeem you. And then I, I'm going to send a Messiah. And then in verse 55, look at the beginning two verses before this text, okay? I read that text. Let's read. That was verse 8 and 9. Verse 6 and 7 says this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Return. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. For, the, for to our God, he will abundantly pardon. Now the verse says, for my ways are not your, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways declare your way. As the highest the heavens is the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts are. The context of this Sorry. is forgiveness. Yeah. The context of my thoughts higher than your thoughts is I will pardon you and I will forgive you. I am a God rich in mercy. In fact, you can even say this. In the, the only place in the Bible, Exodus 34, Exodus 34, you know the story when God's, uh, when Moses said, Lord, I want to see your glory. And, and God says, you can't see my glory. I'm, uh, you, you'll die. So, but I will hide you under the rock and I will pass by you. And Exodus 34, 34, Exodus 34, verse six says this. This is the only time in all the Bible that God describes himself. Did you get that? Yeah. Not the people, not that the people describe him like we usually do in the yeah. Psalms and all that, but this is where God describes himself. And this is what God said. Isaiah 34, verse 6. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Did you get the first word? God describes himself as a merciful God. And in, in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel, Ephesians 4, 2 verse 4, God is rich in mercy. I want you to know, brothers, if you are, sisters, if you're struggling with pornography, our God is gracious and merciful. He's full of mercy. You can't out him as high as the heavens as to the earth. God, God will be merciful to your sin. He will pardon you. Don't think that you have to get better. The, the, the high priest, you know, you come. Jesus is our high priest. He's offering sacrifices for us. Come, he said boldly to me. To my presence. So I want to say to you, 
who are struggling with pornography, God is merciful to you. God is very merciful. That's his character. He wants to be known as a God of mercy. So whatever your sin is, come to him. Just like the prodigal son and the prodigal son and the father, the father was looking at a distance and running towards his son. The son couldn't even get all of his speech out. Put the ring, kill that panic. (laughs) That's how merciful our father is to you. So if you're struggling with this, Jesus said to the woman who was sinning, go and sin no more. You have been given freedom. You've been given grace. That's who I want to say to those who are struggling. God is a God of mercy. Embrace his mercy. It's, It's bountiful and it gushes when you and I are sinning. Secondly, I'm sorry, I have, do I have a little bit more time, Brent? Yeah, those people who are struggling, who are just beginning into this pornography. Yeah. Because I know all of us, all of us are struggling with emptiness. All of us are struggling with emptiness. Every single one of us are empty. And we start to believe, just like Brent said in Genesis 3, that Satan can provide our emptiness. But Satan is a liar, and he will tell us that this is what will fill your satisfaction. You're empty. In fact, they say that if you study pornography deep enough, pornography is just a, 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 an expression of there's something broken in you. That's not an excuse. There's something emptiness. There's, a, there's something that, that you want that you should have gotten that pornography you think will satisfy and it's a lie. Yeah. It's a lie. So what I'm saying this in Jeremiah chapter two, verse um, verse thirteen says this. Two uh, verse thirteen says, um, "For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewed out cisterns for themselves." Broken cisterns that hold no water. And I want to say this to you. If you think your emptiness is going to be fulfilled by pornography, you are wrong. It's a broken cistern. And this says you have, you have forsaken the living water. What did Jesus Christ say? I am the living water. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection. If you need life more abundantly, I can provide it. And it's only Jesus that will satisfy your deepest longing. Never pornography. Nothing will satisfy except Jesus. So go to Jesus. He's he's the bright and morning star, the lily of the valley, our greatest joy and satisfaction. That's what I would say to the people that are in pornography and need to be forgiven. God is a God of mercy. And those who think that they are empty and pornography will fulfill it. Christ is the only thing that will fill us. And he's done it. He's shown his love through the gospel by sending his son to live the life that we should have lived and die the death that we should have died. And now we have his righteousness in us. So be encouraged, brothers. Christ is the answer. That's so good. I had a pastor friend of mine who um, was talking about this topic, and he shared the thought of, you know, we kind of understand if you want to replace like a habit or something in your life, the greatest 
way to do that is to find something that has more pull or yeah. that you know fulfills in a better way. And so when you think about what exactly what you were just talking about was so good, bless me a ton, to think about we go, we run to these sins in pornography especially thinking that it's gonna fill this hole and it doesn't, but the lie is so good that we keep coming back like, this time it'll be better, this time it'll be better, this time it won't be as bad this time. And, and the only way to get out of that isn't to just say, okay, I know it's bad, I'm gonna stop. Uh, it's the same way, like if you want to, you know, stop eating junk food, you have to get this stuff out of your house, but you have to get good food in your body. Like you have to eat well. You can't just stop eating completely. Yeah. And so, what we, the greatest weapon we have to fight against pornography, is gazing upon the splendor and majesty yeah. of Jesus Christ, being so transfixed by the gospel that we realize that everything that we've been trying to fill is a poor, poor substitute. And if we can't get there, then really we're going we're gonna to keep running back to it. If you don't actually change and fix your affections on the Lord and what he has for you, then this will keep enticing you because it's it's like, you know, it's the it's the bag of chips. It's the box of cookies in the pantry, right? It's easy and it gives you that dopamine hit. But if I see a sustained life in Christ, realizing I'm an eternal being, that I was created for eternity, and that longing that was placed in my heart was meant to be filled by Jesus, then we start to see victory over these things. And it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with Christ. Amen. So good. Well said. So good. Well said. Well, I, I'm grateful for your time. Is there anything else, you know, while we got you here on this call, like anything else you'd, you'd want to share or say to just encourage us? Anything else you'd love to let us know about uh, how we can be praying for you? I, I want to invite you because this is a passion of ours. I feel for the uh, that church kids. I'm, I'm, I, if you ask me, am I an evangelist? Am I a disciple? I'm more a disciple. I love to work with church kids. I love to work in the church. And I love to help people grow. And so because Life Plan is into not only service to help women with unplanned pregnancy, but we're also about prevention. We were getting into schools. Uh, in 2020, we were going to share an anti-pornography seminar at the school. We we're going to bring in a Nile school. We we're going to bring a speaker and COVID hit and that throughout the window. But there's a thing that we're uh, hosting in, in September, and it's called Remade. It's being remade in Christ. And what this is, this is a um, sexual integrity conference. It's like a purity conference. And it's going to be a keynote speaker and then breakout session. And one of those breakout sessions is pornography. But it's the theme of the, the Remade is how does the gospel direct our sexuality? How does the gospel direct our sexuality? And the gospel directs everything, but how does it direct our uh, sexuality is where Life Plan is all about. Um, uh, Christopher Yan, he's one of the powerful testimony uh, about someone who was in homosexuality and he really brings home the gospel and the importance of our identity in Christ. Don't let the culture tell you what I, your identity should be sexually. The gospel, uh, Christ is our identity. So this is what this conference is all about. It's in September. Brad will get more information. But I just want you guys to think about that. I'd love to have people come. There's going to be a general session and breakout session. And uh, we'll even have something for pastors and, and parents. But it's primarily for high school age teens. It's called Remade sponsored by Life Plan sometime in September. Awesome. That's so cool. I love 
your heart for uh, our church and our student body. I feel it even through this call. But I, I love seeing how God is working through you to impact uh, our whole Michigan community and beyond. And uh, really excited to partner with Life Plan ongoing. But uh, more so, just grateful for your time today, Lyndon. And uh, I'm praying for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great. Loved it. I love Lyndon's heart to help people in this area. I hope that you found his insights really helpful, really practical. Listen, maybe you you know of somebody else who would benefit from hearing this as well. I'd encourage you to just take a moment and share the link with them. Let them know it's a valuable resource in this area. And all the resources we mentioned throughout the conversation will be linked in the show notes. So make sure you check those out as well. And that's going to do it for the first ever episode of Side Note Studio. Thanks so much for joining us. If you want to keep up to date with